Hey guys, welcome back to the Women of Marvel podcast where we assemble to chat all things Marvel and more. It's Judy and I am here with a very special Women of Marvel episode because we are gearing up for Marvel Studios Avengers Endgame, which some of you might have seen yet. No spoilers. And as part of that, uh, we are very excited because Tamara Krinsky, one of our Women of Marvel correspondents out on the West Coast in L.A., was able to go to the Endgame press junket um, earlier this month and chat to cast and crew. And for us, she specifically talked to Karen Gillan, who you may know as Nebula, and Trin Tran, who is the executive producer. We've talked to Karen Gillan uh, on this podcast before, and she's such an amazing woman. I'm so excited to see her kick more butt in Endgame. And Trin Tran has such a great story uh, of coming up from the first Iron Man film way back in 2008 as a production assistant, and then um, now as an executive producer more than 10 years later. So we have two amazing conversations, and we're going to kick it off with Karen Gillan. Karen Gillen, thank you so much for talking with us. We were just saying it's nice to actually be starting the press tour and be with everyone. How's that feeling? It's feeling amazing because we made these, I mean, this movie quite a while ago. And so I kind of just forgot it was going to come out. <laughs> I mean, like, I sort of knew, like, logically it was going to come out. But I, like, I was like, wait a minute. This is actually going out to the world, to audiences very soon. And it didn't really dawn on me until today. Well, if you've forgotten, there's a whole bunch of fans who are ready to remind you. (laughs) Yes, and that's amazing, you know? Just the fandom and the dedication that surrounds a project like this is so inspiring. I mean, it makes you as the actor want to do your job to the best of your ability because people care about the end result, like in a big way. And so there's something to live up to. And ultimately, the fans are the most important element of all of this. Are there any particular fan interactions that have stood out to you over the years? I've had millions of brilliant fan interactions because I've been in this sort of uh, sci-fi genre world for most of my career. You are no stranger to fandoms. No, like if anything, this is what like being an actress is to me. Like I I feel like I've maybe done a couple of films that aren't genre Um, (laughs) and it certainly they certainly don't have the same level of fandom. And it took a minute for me to readjust to that because I was like, wait, people aren't trying to get spoilers out of me. (laughs) People don't care about every outfit I'm wearing. (laughs) Well, and luckily with Nebula, you have a character whose story has just deepened over time. Mm -hmm. So talk to me a little bit about what that journey has been like for you. And if there's something along the way that you got on a script page that you were like, oh, I get to do that now. Yeah, I mean, that's what I love about this character so much is the evolution. And it's funny because I always felt that where we're going with her is the most interesting part about her. Like even when I auditioned for the character, um, I learned that she was the overlooked sibling and and she was jealous of her sister and her sister was just the best at everything. She's got some issues. She's, you know, yeah, she's got some jealousy issues and it turned her into a very sort of bitter, tormented, sadistic girl. (laughs) I know. I mean, it's those are issues, though, that a lot of uh, girls can relate to that have siblings. I don't have any myself, but 
I have friends with siblings and it's this sort of interesting relationship where you love each other, but you can hate each other and you can be jealous of each other. But we're just talking about uh, space assassins here. So everything is brought to the extreme. Um, so she's a sadist. <laughs> but like, you know, we've just slowly been uncovering the real person underneath all of that, the person that she would have been had Thanos not done all of this to her. And so I think we're starting to discover the real Nebula. And you talk about the sister relationship. I mean, there's been such a rallying cry in Hollywood over the mm -hmm. last couple of years for increased representation for women on screen. Yeah. What's it been like to be a part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe as that's happening? and to see that actual increase on the MCU screens and their projects. I mean, it's incredible to be living in this time of change and transition and to see justice happening all around us, slowly but surely. And it's interesting because when you look back at the time prior to that, there's a lot of stuff that you just took as normal. And, then, and now living in this time, once the change has started, you're kind of like, wait a minute, that wasn't normal. That shouldn't have been that way. And so I just love working in Marvel because first of all, I think Marvel have been writing brilliant female characters for quite some time. I mean, you can't say like, I mean, I look at Guardians of the Galaxy and I see such an array of different women. I see like Nebula and I see Gamora, who's so strong, but vulnerable too. And then Mantis, who's just off the wall, like uh, empath, like really quirky character. Um, and so it's not like we've just been like pushed into one stereotype and it's just good to see the rest of the world starting to do that too. And Marvel seemed to be leading the charge. Well, I think there's something so important about when you see more than just one woman on screen, then yeah. that one woman doesn't have to represent all women and we all see more of ourselves. It's so true because, I mean, we are all so different. And I think <laughs> that, you know, women played a certain role in cinema for, for some time. And then I think that people tried to make all women really stoic and strong and badass because they were trying to cater to showing that females in a strong light. But truthfully, like we're all of those things and many, many other things. And there's different types of women and so that's why I love uh, all the females in, in Guardians of the Galaxy because you're getting Mantis who can be slightly submissive at times who's finding her strength and it's it's difficult for her and then you've got Nebula who will easily cut someone's head off without even <laughs> batting an eyelid <laughs> <laughs> stay away from Nebula stay away from yes. stay away <laughs> um, but there are many different groupings that we get to see in the MCU, aside from the incredible women that you just mentioned. Mm -hmm. What have been some of your favorite pairings or groupings that you've seen, whether in Guardians or the other films? I really like uh, Robert Downey Jr. with Gwyneth Paltrow, because my very first experience of a Marvel movie, I think, was Iron Man 3, mm -hmm. I think. And I saw them together, and I was like, they look like they're not acting. They look like they're just bantering away. They're kind of magical that way, right? Yeah, and I'd never really seen that in a in the blockbuster movie before. And I don't know what I expected, but I think I thought the movie was very like serious and superhero. Like I don't know what I thought it was going to be. I was just talking with Kevin Feige about that mm. and how, despite all the serious situations that yeah. you know. Iron Man finds himself in, the fact that they're able to layer in that lightness yeah. is a huge boon for the movies. It really is because, I mean, I think we all want to go and see these movies to escape from our lives for a couple of hours. And that's a wonderful thing to do, to just kind of go in and eat popcorn and have the best night you've had in ages. And humor plays a big part of that. 
And that's a big testament to the writing, to the directing. I mean, you've mm -hmm. directed now. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious, is there anything that you've learned from working with the Russo brothers that you've brought into your own work? What is so many like things. Oh, yeah. so many things. I mean, I just feel so lucky that I feel like I'm just getting to shadow all of the top directors <laughs> in this industry. <laughs> just watching them, working with the, their DPs that they choose, their you know director of photography, just gathering all the information that I can. I mean, it's interesting watching Joe and Anthony because they're brothers and sometimes they disagree on things. What happens? Is it like the parents are disagreeing? Which side do we choose? How does that work itself it's, out? It's really interesting because like sometimes they will come at things from opposing angles and then you just watch them talk it out amongst themselves and they're negotiating with each other and then they'll end up at something even better than either of the ideas. So it's like, uh, it's interesting that I mean, if it was just one person, they would have gone with their choice. But to have that kind of like discussion beforehand just lands them somewhere even more brilliant. I and think I it sounds like it sounds like maybe Gamora and Nebula could have learned some sibling lessons from them. Yeah, I know. I was thinking that actually. I was like <laughs> talking to them. I'd be talking to them about you know Nebula, the character, and how she's feeling, and and the whole sibling dynamic. And then I was like, wait a minute, you guys must know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious too. You know, if your eight-year-old self could get a hold of the Time Stone and flash forward to see what you're doing now, mm -hmm. what do you think she would say? I think she would be very confused. I mean, because that, that <laughs> young girl was like in an acting class, like three days over the summer, I'd get to do this acting course. And it was like pure happiness for me. And I was like, I never want this to end. So to get to see that it doesn't have to end anymore. I mean, like that could just make me cry. I think all the fans feel the same way. Karen, thank you so much for talking with thank us. Thank you so much. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks again to Karen and Tamara for joining us. And next up, we have Trin Chan. Hey, Trin Tran, thank you so much for talking with us. You are in the incredible position of having been with the MCU since Iron Man. Yes. What has it been like to go from wow. being a post-production assistant to an executive producer of arguably the biggest movie in the world? Yeah, I started over 10 years ago, and in uh, Iron Man post-production was my first, it was the first time I actually saw the movie, and I was assisting the head of post-production at the time, my first assistant job, you know, I was a production assistant before starting at Marvel, and he pulled me into uh, sort of QC the film at that time, and we're checking the sound. It was the first time I ever seen Iron Man, had no idea what I was expecting, walked in there, came out completely floored by what the product was, and I knew that there was something very special, and this was a place I wanted to spend quite a long time working at, and it got me really excited. So had you had a connection to the comics prior to that, or was Iron Man really your entry point? Iron Man actually, honestly, was my entry point. I mean, I probably shouldn't say this because Kevin's listening going, what? You're not a comic? You know, you didn't grow up. I actually didn't grow up reading mm -hmm. comics like some of the other people did, but Iron Man just blew me away in the sense where, I mean, it was just this, this character came to life. And I'm just like the fans who watched it 10 years ago and fell in love with the characters and fell in love with the franchise and continuously got invested more and more and more and started reading all those comics and falling in love with each and every one of those characters that we've created. So I'm just as big of a fan as everybody else who have, you know, invested their time and energy in the last 10 years. Absolutely. I mean, I think it's a testament to the storytelling that if the MCU has been your entry point in, you then just want to know more, more and more and more. And more. Exactly. And to be here 
you know, more than 10 years later and to be a part of the biggest MCU movie, you know, I'm like at a, a loss for words. I can't explain how, you know, fulfilling, rewarding and such a great experience to be a part of because this is one of those things that we'll never forget. So talk to me a little bit then about some of the people that have helped along the way. Because, I mean, it's kind of a dream to yes. start as an assistant and suddenly see your name be on the <laughs> Well, you know, <laughs> Who have been I, mentors, who have been allies? Yeah, I really have to give it to Kevin, Alou, and Victoria. They're great leaders. I actually used to assist uh, Luis de Esposito at one point. And to be able to have great leaders who really push you to, you know, continue working hard and allowing the opportunity for me to grow in the position that I was in. I couldn't ask for, you know, more. And to, you know, Kevin just literally throwing me into this two big movies and giving me the opportunity to try to figure things out, problem solve, and allow me to grow in that way. I couldn't ask for, you know, better people to work with. And along with the Russo brothers and Marcus McFeely, whom I've worked with for the last four, on the last four movies, starting with Winter Soldier, when they first came on board, to work with great collaborators like that, we're, we're just like a family. They've offered so much guidance, advice, as well as, you know, their experience in the f industry. So that brings me to a question about what exactly does an executive producer do? You know, producer means so many different right. things to right. so many different people. So for you, what does that translate into on the day-to-day? -day? Well, we have a very great advantage at Marvel as a producer to really start from the beginning. We actually started on these two movies when we were finishing shooting Civil War in Germany. So we were on set with the Russos and with Marcus McFeely and literally just beating out the stories. And as soon as we were done filming that movie, we came straight into, you know, development uh, in the conference room, putting up all those character cards and just literally be with the team from beginning in terms of beating out the story, staying through, you know, set every single day, making sure everything goes smoothly. And our creative vision at Marvel comes to life. And then throughout post-production and making sure that, you know, the vision stays true in the edit bay till the very last day when this movie is released. So being a part of the journey from the beginning, four years ago, mm -hmm. all the way through to the end, we actually just wrapped up everything on Friday and the movie is shipped out. Ah! It feels very exciting. Uh, so the process as a producer is that we are allowed to be heavily involved on a day-to-day -day basis from day one to the end of the movie, which is pretty spectacular. Do you have a favorite part of the process? I mean, I don't want to make you pick favorites, Ooh, but is... You know what I love about it is that we go through different stages. There's never a dull moment because there's never a repeated day. There's a part <laughs> of, you know, a part of the process is we get to be in the room and we're hashing out these ideas and we're brainstorming uh, with the writers and directors and we're coming up with, you know, beats and everything. And then a couple of months later, we're on set, we're on location, you know, uh, shooting a particular uh, scene. Mm -hmm. And so that's rewarding in the sense where you get to be with the physical side of it and bringing that vision to life with the cameras coming on. And then in another few months, you're back in the dark room and you're in there and you're watching this movie over and over and over and over again and just, you know, editing and working out the visual effects shots. So I can't say there's like a particular moment because every part of the process is so different that it's just, it's exciting all the time. Yeah. This has been an incredible time in Hollywood for women. There's been such a rallying cry for representation. Yes. So I'm curious for you, what's it been like to be part of the MCU at this time? And also, as there has been so much increased representation in the MCU for women. And I'm so glad for that happening. I think with 
And I'm, I was very excited when Captain Marvel was announced and we, we started were. shooting that movie and <laughs> it's finally out. And it's been such a huge success. And with that, along with Black Panther, has opened so many, I guess, much more opportunity for us to allow more representation, more diversity, and that's something we definitely need. I remember, you know, some there'll be days where I'm sitting in the room and it's just all men. Yeah. And I'm going, oh my, I'm the youngest. I'm the only female. It's nerve-wracking. These people have over 10, 20 years of experience. Um, so it's intimidating, but we need more female. We need more diversity so that it becomes well-rounded because I always say this, the more diverse, the better the story, the more interesting the story, and most important, the more relatable. Mm -hmm. I think everybody will be able to see on screen because those are the content that people can relate to because this world is full of diversity. Absolutely, I mean, there's that whole idea of if you can see it, you can be exactly. it. And I think, I mean, for me, even in Infinity War, that moment when- um, The women are fighting in the trench. Yes! Yeah. I know, we, we get really excited every time we talk about those uh, the moment too because you get our strong female characters fighting against a female villain too. Mm -hmm. And it's such a powerful moment. And those are the moments that we're really pushing forward to get more of uh, at Marvel because we want all those little girls to look up to those moments and go, I can be that. That's yeah. so rewarding. So speaking of those little girls, you know, over this 10 year journey, th these stories have been so important to the fans. Yeah. Are there any particular fan interactions that stand out for you? Wow. You know what, I have to say, being at Comic-Con for the first time years ago, I remember sitting, being part of the, just the folks that have been there all day waiting for the first Avengers movie, mm -hmm. and they're waiting for the cast to come out and to, the footage to be shown, just sitting there and literally turning around and seeing how excited the fans were and asking them, how long have you been there? And they're like, five in the morning, we've been waiting outside the whole entire day. And the energy, as soon as that footage was shown, it just, it was, I, I couldn't even describe the feeling and how exciting it was to just be, you know, I guess feel the, the roaring crowd and the excitement and the, the energy that the, the fans were. I think that was one of the most memorable moments I can think of. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to Women of Marvel. It has been a privilege and a pleasure and congratulations on the movie. Thank you so much for uh, speaking with me as well, too. Absolutely. Thanks again to Karen and Trin and Tamara for joining us this week. And make sure you guys go get your tickets for Marvel Studios Avengers Endgame. And let us know what you guys like about it. You can tweet at Marvel with hashtag Woman of Marvel, or you can tweet at Sana and I. I know I am very excited. So we'll see you guys next time. This is Marvel, your universe. <laughs>